I'm Lynette Zhang, Chief Market Analyst here at ITM Trading, a full-service physical gold and silver dealer. And today's we, today we have a coffee with Lynette with my very, very dear friend, Gerald Salente, who I can't imagine you wouldn't know this, but just in case you don't, he is the founder of Trends Research Institute, which is the most trusted name in trends, and you need to go visit and subscribe. We have all of his links below. But if you want to read history before it happens, that's where you need to go. His motto is think for yourself. And quite frankly, never has that been more important than today when they're really trying to suppress us from thinking for ourselves. He is really, he's an author. He's a teacher. He is a fighter. He fights for freedom all the time. I am so proud to call him friend. Thank you so much for being here, Gerald. Oh, no, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much, Lynette. And I, I admire you so deeply. And I appreciate all that you do and how much you give to people and, and society and the world. So thank well, you for having me on. Well, I, I think it's a mutual admiration society because I could say the same exact thing about you. So let's just jump into your latest trends journal, Silent Night, All's Not Silent, All's Not Bright, but you also say that the worst is yet to, yet to come. Can you give us a little sneak into that journal? Yeah, it's, it, it, what's going on again, you know, it's, it's so much bigger than, than uh, America oh, and yes. the people are just focused on this country. So I'll give you an example. Uh, the news a, a couple of days ago uh, was that uh, President Trump was booed at a, uh, uh, an event in Dallas because he said he got the booster shot. And the Cartoon News Network, CNN, made a big deal about this and said that it was, you know, Trump supporters and, and then the, the other prostitute on there after the guy did the report about the people booing him. She said, you know, it's time to go out and get your booster or, or get your vaccination now. And, you know, these people, the president did it and you should too. That's not journalism. And what they're doing is they're blaming it on Trump supporters that don't want to get vaccinated. I'm, I'm mentioning this because a third of the healthcare workers don't want to get vaccinated. They're certainly not Trump supporters. The reason they're not doing it now, major companies, big, 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 big hospital firms, uh, one after another say, no, you don't have to get the vaccination, come back to work because they see the adverse reactions right. of vaccinations. They're right. in the business. They don't want to get one, an Operation Warp Speed inoculation, gene therapy first ever shot in. Now you go around the world. Look what's going on in Germany. How about Austria? What about Italy? How about France? What about the Netherlands? How about the Czech Republic? How about all the protests going on in the UK about people that is saying, no, my body, my choice. You want to get vaccinated? Fine. Oh, and don't give me the line that I'm responsible because I'm not vaccinated, that other people are getting the virus because another little crap mouth, arrogant little boy with a terrible shape, looks at his shape, this clown Kramer, the little prostitute who's always <laughs> whoring for Wall Street, the oh, guy on God. CNBC telling people a few weeks ago that they should have the military vaccinate them and they're ignorant and stupid because they're not getting vaccinated. And now he's been <sighs> vaccinated three times, two in the booster. Oh, and he got COVID. Hey, how about that? How about that uh, uh, Norwegian cruise line there? How about, what about 47 people? Everybody tested, everybody vaccinated, except kids under 12 years old. And they get the virus. So what I'm saying is this is dividing the world like we've never seen before. Yes. And it's killing business. Oh, that's key. That's key, too. Oh, well, not big business. Big business is having better profits than they've ever had. It's the little guy. Because you're a non-essential. 
You're a mom and pop business. You're a non-essential. Walmart, now that's essential. Right. Target, you're essential. Home Depot, you're essential, but the rest of you, get out, come on, close up, get out of here. And so what you're looking at, and these are the facts, you go back to Thanksgiving weekend and going into the middle of December, you had international air travel between the United States and overseas decline. It was 77% of what it was. It declined 77% compared to 2019 travel. Right. I know I had plans that I canceled. Yeah. And people are, there's no neon lights shining anymore, bright on Broadway, but one place after another, theater's closing down. Uh, RCA, you know, the, uh, the, no more music hall, closing it down. No more, no more Christmas special. Oh, what now? Oh, your your office occupancy rate in the United States is 60 percent less on average than it was before the COVID war began in 2019. Yeah. How about all the businesses that depend on commuters? Oh, how about J.P. Morgan Chase and others canceling their big events because people are afraid to go and travel? What happens to the convention business, trade shows? What happens to the hospitality sectors? What happens to tax revenues that count on those things? They're gone. They're gone. Do you think, you know, you and I both lived through a currency transition back in the 70s and today. And, you know, back in the 60s, there were a tremendous amount of distractions to take us away from what was really happening, which was the shift in the monetary and financial system. Do you think that same kind of strategy to divert attention over here and over here and over here and scare people so that they stop living? I mean, they they don't actually stop living necessarily, but they don't live their normal lives. Do you think that could have something to do with the transition that we're in the middle of? I don't know. I don't know. What what I do know is we have sociopaths, psychopaths, and pathological liars running the show. Yeah. I mean, look at the people. You know, I I call, people call it a government. I call it a crime syndicate. Yeah. I mean, how many more wars do they have to start and kill millions of people and take trillions of our dollars and can't win anything since World War II. And how much more money did they have to steal from us to give to the name of Too Big to Fails? Talking about crime syndicates, hey. how about that J.P. Morgan Chase? Oh, they just got hit with a what? Another $125 million uh, fine? Yeah, big deal. Yeah. Oh, what is this, about the fourth, the fifth? Oh, they, they, oh, these are the ones that rigged the precious metals markets and got fined a lousy $900 million after rigging it for years? They're a crime syndicate. And, and again, look at the idiots. Oh, oh, I'm a Republican. I like Mitch McConnell. Oh, no, Lindsey Graham is he's the one for me. No, I'm a Democrat. I like I like Nancy Pelosi, Diane Notso Feinstein, little Chucky Schumer. It's a freak show in front of everybody's eyes. Oh, take a trip to the U.K., yeah, you got little Boris Johnson. A cartoonist could not create a more little jerk or freak than that little clown. One after another, take your trip around the world. Do I know whether they're doing this to, to screw the currencies and the people? Well, I know one thing. They could give a damn about the people. Yeah. All they're interested in is power and money. Right. And they have it. Oh, with all of the close downs, all the lockdowns. Did any of these little slimy politicians take a pay cut? Uh, no. It's and in a lot of the corporations, even though they made it seem like the guys at the top were taking a pay cut, they absolutely did all sorts of financial engineering to ensure that not only did they not take a pay cut, but they actually got a pay raise when they were cutting rates, when they were cutting pay for everybody else. So, yeah, I'm with you right there. And I also, since you mentioned something about 
free. And I heard your discussion on free when the government says, here, do this, it's free. What, what does that really mean? <laughs> for those that believe it, oh, look at this. The government is giving us money for free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what it's, do, it's what a, does yeah. that really mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's a, it's a, I get it. It's a crime syndicate. Oh, and all these, all these shots, all, these, all of those uh, uh, injections, they're for free. Oh, Pfizer, by the way, they're buying up company <laughs> after company. And the, the, we wrote, as we wrote in the Trends Journal, they have about $122 billion <laughs> worth of asset buying cap capacity that they could keep going on with. And again, as I said, the bigs are getting bigger. Right. You name it, Oracle. One Day one after, after day, we have a section in each week's Trends Journal, bigs getting bigger. Merger and acquisition activities at oh, an all-time high. high. Mm -hmm. Stock buybacks hitting an all-time high. They're getting the money for nothing, which yep. goes back to what's going to happen when interest rates go up. Yes, and, and me, they're threatening that. So do you think they can do it? They're going to have to, with they're inflation going, going the way it is. And again, look at the <laughs> liars, or, or are they idiots? Mm -hmm. Go back a year ago, and you had little Jerome Powell shooting the crap out of his mouth that inflation was only temporary. Yeah. And Janet Yellen yelling out the same crap. Yeah. Oh, no, then it became transitory, idiots. It wasn't temporary, morons. Now I say it's transitory. <laughs> okay, now we say it's here and it's going on. Oh, you know why? Because of supply chain disruptions. Not because of the trillions, trillions. and trillions of dollars we're shoveling into the yes. market because we actually have negative interest rates when you put inflation into it, plus the trillions that the government is pouring in. Oh, that has nothing to do with inflation, idiots. Right. So they're going to have to raise it. Oh, and these are the same little scum that shove the crap down our mouths going back when the panic of 08 hit around 2010, a little later on, when interest rate, when inflation hits 2%, we're going to raise inflation. And what is it now? 6.8%. And if you look at shadow stats, I was just going to say, they rigged the inflation numbers. Right. Oh, housing costs, it went up 19%. No, that's not inflation. No, no. Oh, steak prices went up. No, no, that's not inflation because people are eating ground beef now. I'm not making this up. So I the know. real number is about 15%, according to shadow stats. Mm hmm. And they actually helped, Shadow Stats, uh, didn't they help develop the whole formula initially in the 80s? So John Williams knows what he's talking about oh, when yeah. it comes to inflation. And I would definitely trust his numbers more than more than the government numbers because hedonics. Wow, you can't afford steak, you're going to buy hot dogs or whatever. <laughs> so Again, this is America? What, kind of, what, what is this? And in this the, criminality. Yeah. And people say oh, it's becoming a communist country. Oh, because of it. Yeah, yeah. It's also fascist. fascist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but as Mussolini said, you know, a paisano of mine that I'm not very proud of. It's the merger of state and corporate powers. Yes. Oh, Salenti, you said things are going to crash in 2012. Yeah, I did. They didn't teach me about quantitative easing, easing and 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 zero interest rate policy in economics 101, a graduate school. Oh, you could buy up corporate junk bonds because, hey, they're our buddies. Buy their crap up. We're doing it all over the world. We're doing it over in, in Japan. You do it over in Europe. We'll do it over here, too. It is not capitalism. It's gone. Oh, yes, that's true. But um, what about the fact that whether you're a government official or a central bank official, you know, you are accumulating fiat money assets for your retirement. And so let's see, do you have a vested interest in making sure that where, where you have your wealth goes up? And now they're going to look at it. I mean, I think that's hysterical because they're yes. not going to do anything about it. I mean... So these guys that have insider information and actually even worse than that, they have the, the ability to 
manage their word, not ours, the system for their benefit, but they're looking out for your best interest. Oh, because yeah, of course. Oh, like Pelosi admitting, oh, yeah, 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 of course we do trading. You know, I'm only worth what, about $100 million. Another, again, it's one big club and you ain't in it. Like mm-hmm. George Carlin used to say, mm-hmm. yeah, this little clown over here, Cuomo. You think it would have been anybody like his moronic brother if Daddy wasn't Mario? You think Nancy Pelosi would be there if Daddy wasn't the mayor of Baltimore at the very top? It's one after another. Again, you're talking about the insider trading. How about that craplin over there, over there in Texas, the former Fed president? Yeah, oh. doing the deals of millions and millions and millions of dollars. Hours before they're announcing what the Fed is going to do. Or this little crapster over here in Massachusetts is is Rosengren. Oh, I'm not feeling well now. I was with the Fed, but now I'm not feeling well. So I'm going to retire because I've been doing all this insider trading and I don't want you to look at me. Yeah, exactly. It's a crime syndicate right in front of everybody's eyes. So... If, you know, in in the U.S. or globally, too, we vote with our purse. So if you see that, because then they use the excuse that, oh, so many Americans will lose their retirement funds and the children, oh, the children, while they're doing all of this. But if you vote with your purse, don't you vote with physical? This is how you vote. If you keep it in stocks and bonds and things like that, easy to take away. Yep. You put it into this, you put it into this. This is physical. This is my retirement. This is my future. But they can manipulate the price, but they can't take this away. Well, I I shouldn't say that. I'm not going to say that because they they can do anything they want. Yeah, if they could find it. Right. That's the point. If they could find it. If they could find it. Right. Right. Look, I've been buying gold since 1978. My first one, I think, was $187.50. That's why I love you. You're so brilliant. <laughs> what happened was the Iranian conflict was happening. Mm-hmm. And as everybody, Jimmy Carter came back from uh, visiting the Shah on New Year's Eve, he and Rosalind, and he came back and he said that the Shah was the island of stability in the Middle East. This is when I became a trend forecaster. I was, I, you know, I was a chief government affairs specialist for the chemical industry. Yeah, exactly. I was killing environmental legislation at the height of the environmental movement in D.C. 28, I'm staying at the Willard Hotel. I'm putting my meetings on to Hey Adams. You know, I started to grow up, you know, and I started to change. But anyway, what happened was uh, at, when he said that, that he comes to Shah is the island of stability in the Middle East. In the Bronx, we used to say bullshit has its own sound. And as America was being taught to hate the Iranians, knowing nothing about how the CIA and the MI6 overthrew Mossadegh in 1953 because he wanted to say the oil that was in Iran did not belong to BP, better known back then as Anglo-Iranian oil, or Standard Oil, better known today as ExxonMobil. So they didn't know about that and the Savak and all the criminality that the United States was behind in destroying Iran and turning it over to the Shah. So I knew that when the protests were taking place, I knew they were real. So I said, what will be the implications? I started playing the futures markets, $5,000 bet in gold and oil, and I brought it up to almost three quarters of a million dollars. And that's when I quit my job. And I started buying gold and then buy it, put it away, buy it, put it away, buy it, put it away. And that's what I've been doing since. Yep. And it's the smartest thing that that anybody could possibly do because that's got to be the foundation. That's a foundation of freedom, isn't it? It is. And, you know, I mean, we are, they are putting that noose around our necks tighter and tighter and tighter till we lose all of our freedom. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking. It is it truly is. heartbreaking what's happened. That that uh, this is being again, as I say, there there are four gangs in the in the in the Washington Crime Syndicate. They're the banksters we just talked about, the military industrial complex. Hey, isn't it great? Just passed what a seven hundred and sixty-eight billion dollar defense budget. You guys did a great job in Afghanistan. Love the Iraq <laughs> War. 
Oh, and now all the stuff coming about all the civilians that you killed. Oh, yeah. Collateral money damage. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then the other one are the drug dealers that more that people call big pharma. They're drug dealers. And the other one is hot, big tech that I got a little clown like a Zuckerberg and or a cook or any of these little jerks off over there in, in, in San Francisco. Paichi, whatever his name is, telling me what to do, telling me what I should say, telling me that they know and I'm a moron and I have no right to say anything that I want to say. Right. Oh, I'll put my magazine up against any of your work. Absolutely. I'll put my trend forecasting up against anybody's. Show me what you've done over the last 42 years and then we can begin to talk. Oh, no, no, no. I'm ahead of big tech. I'll tell you what to do. This is not America. Yes. This is, oh, there was a thing called the Declaration of Independence. Oh, that little thing. Yeah, yeah. Something about God has endowed all people with the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Happiness? You will have no happiness. Happiness is never talked about. Get back in your house. Put on the mask. Get the vax. Do what you're told. Right. Happiness. Could you imagine a declaration of independence, happiness, and these tight, 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 can't use the word, jerks, but oh. don't know a thing about happiness. They're miserable, arrogant sociopaths and psychopaths. And they have the two largest lobbying groups. In Washington, the drug companies are first, and then tech, big tech is second. And gee, you wonder why the laws and the rules and, yeah. the, and they're forcing us to do what benefits these two groups. It's pretty, it's pretty darn interesting. And Pfizer gave Biden the maximum that they were allowed to give, $1 million to celebrate his inauguration. Yeah. Oh, celebrate. How about bribes and payoffs? Oh, hello. Yes. Well, in the meantime, these guys are selling their stocks at yep. the fastest pace. And That's even right. though they want to say, well, it's tax purposes, et cetera. When you actually look at it, they started selling in. Let's see. What year was that? Oh, 2019 is when the selling really started to ramp up. And as these markets have gone up thanks to, oh, I guess it was the supply chain inflation that was making the stock market go up. I'm being completely facetious, you guys. I want you to know that. Um, that uh, they kept selling. And their selling is at like the fastest pace ever. Yep. Do you think they know something that the normal guy that just buys and holds, you know, doesn't know? Again, you mentioned 2019. You mean when they dumped in $7 trillion into the repo market from September to January, from September 29, from 2019 to January 2020? That, right. that, that market? Yeah, oh, the market yeah, that... that yeah, the market that was that was crashing in Christmas time, 2018, and Trump kept pushing Powell to lower interest rates. Oh, that market that artificially propped it back up for a while. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's the whole thing. Again, we don't have near zero interest rates. We had we're negative. deep in negative interest rate territory when you put inflation into it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, also, you know, with the with the Powell put. And with what's going on, and now he's coming out and they're going to be fighting that inflation, but they're going to do it really, really slowly. Hmm. Do you think that presuming those tools, which is a big, huge presumption on, on interest rates, raising the interest rates to slow down the borrowing and spending and therefore controlling inflation, I mean, do I know that they have to do it to save face? and to try and protect their credibility. Uh, but they couldn't do it in 2016. I mean, they tried then too, didn't they? To raise interest rates and, and run off the balance sheet. 
But look at what's happened with the market since Powell said, uh, well, we're going to slow our taper. Or we're going to, I'm sorry, we're going to speed up our taper so that we're not buying them by March, buying all government debt and mortgage-backed securities. I mean, it's a thought. (laughs) Well, look what's going on in the EU. They're they're hitting record high inflation rates, and they said they're not going to... uh, to, to raise interest rates and they're, they're in negative territory. They've been there, what, since about 2012, uh, 2010, 10, I uh, think minus something. 0.5, yeah. uh, uh, you know, negative interest rate. And, and they're saying we're still not going to raise them. And again, these are the liars that kept saying we have a 2% inflation rate. When it hits that, we're going to raise them. They got to keep the money junkies right. giving them their monetary methadone. And that's all they are. They're drug dealers. And, and, and I mean, it, it, they're addicts. That's all they are. They're gambling addicts. It has nothing to do with reality. And you made the point, really, that you, you're one of the few people talking about it, about how the, the stock buybacks are hitting like an all-time, uh, not stock buybacks, the selling, you know, the insider trading right. is, is hitting an all-time high. Uh, they're bailing out. They know what's going on. Again, when interest, you're going to, look, I talked about, commercial real estate, uh, office occupancy rates. They're at 40% of what they were. They're down 60%. They're 40% of what they were back in 2019. What's going to happen to the commercial real estate sector? What's going to happen now that more and more people are going to be working from home? Mm -hmm. Now, what's going to happen when interest rates go up? Oh, what's going to happen when interest rates go up and you have a $30 trillion debt and now you got to pay more on that debt? What's going to happen to all the junk bonds when you bought all these junk bonds when interest rates were down near nothing so you can make a little bit of money by buying junk? What's going to happen to emerging markets with all of their their loans dollar-based as interest rates go up? So this thing is big. It's it's going to, we're going to see when this thing crashes, it's going to be the crash that's going to make the 29 crash look like a ripple. Oh, I would agree with that. And what I also find really interesting is that central banks that were moving forward in a very synchronized way, now we've got all of these divergence. And even amongst the the major nations like the UK raise their interest rate. I mean, this is not enough to fight anything, mind you. But the no. point is, is they're no longer moving forward in a synchronized way. And what people, I think, really need to understand clearly is whether it happens over there or it happens here. It doesn't matter where it happens. We are in an incestuously interconnected world. So wherever control is lost, especially if it's in like a larger banking sector or financial sector, it's going to ripple throughout the whole world. You got it. And it's going to. And uh, it's happening. Again, look what's going on with Turkey, with their lira. Yeah, exactly. Was it down 58% against the dollar in a, in a year? Their inflation rate's over 40%. Here's my fear. When all else fails, they take you to war. Exactly. And that's what's going to happen. You're going to start seeing war breaking out with Turkey, maybe with the Kurds, Syria. They'll do something. Erdogan's done it before. He'll do it again. Oh, there was this another daddy's boy. Again, like I said, it's one big club and you ain't in it. How could anybody with a brain bigger than a P look up to a little jerky nobody by the name of George W. Bush? We're going to get that guy Osama bin Laden dead or alive. You have that one. Remember, go back to 2000. I have some thoughts on that, but go ahead. <laughs> I don't the think dot I com bust happened in March of 2000. The Nasdaq was down 66% before 9-11. And by the way, in the Trends Journal in an October issue, 1999, we said the dot-com bust would happen by the second quarter of 2000. It happened in March. Nasdaq is down. The nation's in recession. 9-11, we're going to get that guy Osama bin Laden dead or alive. Everybody forgot about that. Boom. They created the phony 
derivatives and real estate market, yep. artificially propped up the economy, yep. went to war against Iraq, went to war first to Afghanistan, and the people forget the facts. Yep. And they follow a little jerk like that. Again, as I say, just like people marched off to Mussolini, saluted Stalin, hailed Hitler, dumb enough to believe Bush's wars, <sighs> dumb enough to believe the COVID war. But war has always been a very good excuse for creating inflation and funding that industrial complex. And we've been in, you know, I did a study once, it was really interesting. And I went all the way back and there used to be about 45 years between wars. And then the government would hyperinflate the currency and, you know, things would calm down again. But once the central banks were installed on a perpetual basis, we became a nation of perpetual wars. Mm -hmm. And you could actually see the time between each war going shorter and shorter and shorter until we had 1989. That's not that long ago. And from there forward, there's been no in-between. We're always fighting a war, always. <sighs> it, it's really disgusting because- It's disgusting. Lives are so, they're, they're dispensable. They're not important, but they are important to their family and the children they leave behind. They are important. That's what you're fighting for. That's what yeah. I'm fighting for. Now, look at the, look at all this, the United States going, oh, look what the uh, China's doing to the Ouija's over there. Look at this. Look at all the, okay, yeah, that's terrible what they're doing. Hey, how about what you're doing over there in Yemen? The worst the, 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 the worst uh, human crisis, according to the United Nations in the world. Oh, that's fine what you did, you're doing over there, right? Slaughtering all those. Oh, no, that's okay. Oh, oh, the Chinese with it. Oh, oh, you saw the articles coming out about all the people that America's killed with drones and airstrikes. And yeah, oh, oh, that's fine. Right. How about the Nobel Peace of Crap Prize winner, Obama? I want that guy Assad out of there in Syria. Oh, yeah, you only got what? Only about over half a million have been dead. Oh, oh, and I want that guy Gaddafi out of there. We're going to destroy the richest country in Africa where people had more rights and benefits than most of the world. Nobel piece of crap. Yeah, the other guy over there yeah. in uh, Ethiopia, another Nobel piece of crap prize winner, starts the world with the Tigres. I'm mentioning this also because one of the big things you're going to start seeing you're going to see migrant crises around the world like we've never seen before as people are escaping poverty, crime, government corruption, violence. We haven't seen anything. yet. It's yeah. going to get worse. Again, I'm not making up the numbers oh, since no. the COVID war began. Look at the World Bank numbers about how poverty levels are skyrocketing. Yep. Oh, oh, and by the way, how about all the smash and grabs that are going on, huh? That is really- the homicide rates escalating? Yeah, really. Look what they're doing. It's incredible how brazen everything is getting, but it trickles down from the top because what's happening it. at the top is brazen. I mean, it's just, it's mind blowing that I don't want to say it in, in this country, but I, I guess, I mean, we're, su we're supposed to be a democracy. We haven't <laughs> been a democracy in a really long time, you know, but I hope, and I think you would agree with me, that we hope that we get back to that democracy. It's up to us to do it. We're, again, it's a crime syndicate. And you made, you made a very important point, Lynette. The fish rots from the head down. So you yeah. got these other people, their lives are miserable, they stink. They say, hey, look at the way the government, look at the crooks over there. Why can't I do the same thing? Were well, they better than me? They steal, I'll steal. The fish rots in the head down. They'll kill, I'll kill. Yeah, yeah. Now, the only way it's going to change, as I see, and I've said this before, is we have to unite under one umbrella. And um, united we stand, divided we fall. We need a whole new movement. You know, one of the things, as you know, I started the Universal Church of Freedom, Peace and Justice, mm -hmm. and we've been providing um, religious vaccine exemptions and they're working great. And so I'm very happy we're doing that. 
And I'm fighting for peace and justice. You know that. You've come here. You were so generous in bringing your crew with you, Jacqueline and everyone, to, to, to Kingston. Yes. You know, as I'm holding these rallies and trying to push forward yes. you know, peace and, and freedom. And, and you were here with Judge Napolitano, and you were so generous it's in coming fabulous. up here. Yes. Well, generous in coming up here. I'm fighting for my grandchildren and the grandchildren I don't even know yet. So I'm with you right by your side. You know, you need anything from me. I don't hesitate. Gerald needs me. The answer is yes, always, always. You know, because we do have to come together in community to fight this. And it seems to me, so maybe it seems to you too, but I don't know, that pe more and more people are waking up to it. You saw the numbers that came out um, that the CDC is basically lying about how many people got vaccinated. And so my estimate is that at least probably between almost up to 40% of the people haven't gotten vaccinated in the United States. The, I'm saying that because that's your group. The people that are fighting that they will not tolerate being told what to do in a free country. And, you know, George Gavin uh, had a comment that I'll never forget. He said, I've been, he said, told me he was studying the decline of empires. And I forgot the stages. But the last one was the weak leading the weak. Oh, wow. And that's uh -huh. what we have now. That's so what I'm saying is the weak can easily be defeated with freedom, peace, and justice. They're not fighters. The right. weak are not fighters. No, they're bullies. They're bullies. And that's a big difference because what happens when you stand up to a bully? That's right. They back down. You got it. And that's really what that's really what gives me hope. And the other thing that I've been seeing is that what you and I are talking about, the younger generation is really actually also starting to understand it and embrace it. And to some extent, but I, I don't see the younger generation. When I watch a lot of these um, protests going on, it's mostly older people. Mostly, but I yeah. am seeing it in people that interview me. For example, I will, I'm very happy to go on a channel with, you know, a millennial or younger generation because they need to hear. I mean, there is something about living as long as we've lived, Gerald. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> you know? Oh, like I said, I was killing environmental legislation as a young guy. You know, we'd be eating dinner. My father be at the table, may rest in peace. And he'd go to me, you know, son, they say that youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> then he'd look at me, he'd take a couple more bites and he'd say, they were talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. I mean, I just turned 75. I mean, I didn't know the stuff I know. And like I say, man, exactly. if you haven't been there, you know, don't tell me what it was. All right. You know, I mean, you go through life and you learn this stuff. And if you keep learning, that's, that's the key. You can't stop learning. Exactly. I remember my mother was like 94 or something like that. And she said, and I was trying to explain something to her from, you know, the economically. And she said to me, oh, Lynn, I'm just tired. I don't, I'm done learning. I don't need to learn anything else. And I said, Ma, I don't ever want to hear you say that again, ever. And, you know, and she didn't. She never said it to me anyway. Oh, that's great. Because <laughs> she was. She was also a lifelong learner. I mean, that's where I get it from. You yeah. know, that, that's yeah. where we all get that's our adoption from. That's where we get it from. from. That, that's how we're blessed we are. Exactly. Like I say to people, I'm only me because of the family I came from. And I couldn't hold a candle to what they had to do to make it happen. Exactly. And, and, and I say to people, you know, suppose your mother you know, was a drug addict and you, you didn't know who your father was. You think you'd have a shot at this? You know, you, you know, we're so blessed to where we came from and our heritage and our ancestors. I'm so thankful. It's true. And again, it wasn't an Ozzy and Harriet picture. So it I'm never is. It, clear. <laughs> <laughs> it never is. 
But yeah. you see these cards behind me on the on the table. Yeah, they come from CFLA, which is um, a local uh, school for very disadvantaged children. And I've been supporting them for a while now, and I try and do something every month. And really, the reason why I do that is because that's our future. And it's just possible that if, if the kids can see, and, and this would be true for any child, I know it was true for me, if you can see that you have choices, which is what they're taking away from us, right? If you can see that you matter, that you're important, then it really changes the trajectory of a person's life. At, at whatever stage you learn that. So, you know, that's the other thing that, that it's all part of community. It's one of the reasons why you let me interview you and you do the work that you do is because it really is about coming together in community and helping those and giving them, you know, a hand. Not a hand out because that keeps them stuck. But a hand up so that we can all have better choices. My, my concern about the, the very young generation is how they're freaking out all these little kids from kindergarten with masks on. Oh my God, and, yes. And all the fear. And so these kids, as they grow up, and again, you're looking at the numbers about mental disorders, you're looking at... Uh, the opiate, uh, the uh, uh, drug addiction deaths with over a hundred thousand this year, and the and, suicide, uh, and, yeah, and the, the suicide rates. So now these little kids <sighs> are growing up with all this fear. What happens is they move up through adulthood, and they they're, and they and they've been also they've been under orders, being controlled. They're going to move that forward, and they're going to push that forward. That's a big concern of mine. Absolutely. They're going to become what being done to them now. Could you imagine us growing up like this? I mean, I grew no. up at a time of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And now you're, holy, oh my God. You Although, know. remember when they had us duck under our desks in case oh, of do. a nuclear bomb? Yeah, that was going to make a difference. <laughs> or stand on the wall with your face to the wall. Yep, you remember Hello. that? Yes, yep. I do remember that. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Well, it's, it's like wearing it's like wearing these masks <laughs> that you see all the politicians wearing and the others, and you read the box, and it says, these masks do not eliminate exposure to the risk of any disease or infection, but wear them anyway. Oh, and by the way, when you walk into a restaurant, make sure you wear your mask. But when you sit down, you can take it off and eat and drink because I am a scientist. <laughs> I know that the virus does not go at table height. It only goes when you stand up. Same thing when you're in an airplane. You can eat and drink without the mask on. But as soon as you stop eating and drinking, put that mask on because the virus knows when you're not eating and drinking. It does not bother you when you're eating and drinking. It only comes into you when you're not eating and drinking. So put your mask on. That's the crap, just like they had us hiding under a desk, like it was going to make a difference if an atom bomb went off. Exactly. And you remember when they had us standing under, we got too big to go under the desk, and they had us standing with our hands behind the head. You used to yeah. say, if you see a flash, don't look at it. <laughs> if I see a flash, I'll be dust before I can blink my eyes. These are the same oh. morons that are in control now. Do you know what I saw one time? I don't know if you've ever seen this or not. And um, would you mark down? I'm going to see if I can find it again. You remember how when they signed off at night on TV, they would do the Pledge of the um, Star Spangled Banner, right? Yeah. And they had the little bouncy ball that would help you read right along. I remember years ago seeing that video, but really slowed down. Like a lot. And what you actually saw in between the words were things like trust your government. Yeah. Your government is your friend. And, you know, when I saw that, because I remember that little bouncy ball and 
doing that at the end of the broadcast day. What I didn't realize is that they were feeding me that garbage, but I'm glad I didn't eat it, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. But yeah. it's the subliminal messages. It's that perception management. And really, it's all about control. That's all it is. It's all and it people is. keep using the word government. What government? It's, it's, right. it's, they're individuals. They're not a government. Right. Government. No, we don't have a government. But like I said, it's a crime syndicate. They're members of a crime syndicate. You're you're right. And they tax and they spend because it is so easy to spend someone else's money. Yeah. But nobody really quite, people don't seem to quite understand that. You know, if they're giving you something and they say it's free, well, I'm pretty sure Pfizer and Moderna are not working for free. Not with their profit <laughs> levels where they are and all the money they spend on lobbying. They can't be doing any of this for free. So that means that you and I and all taxpayers are paying it. And ultimately, everyone, even, even non-taxpayers, yeah. everybody's going to pay the price for this. Yeah. As I said, it's, yeah, yeah. And, and again, when you're talking about the, the, the drug dealers, we, we, we gave them the money to invent the, the, the vaccination. Yes. You know, that's the other thing. We, Germany, we also the gave them money to, to, uh, to make the, this strain a lot stronger. If you read the documentation from the Wuhan lab, it wasn't just China. It was scientists from all over the world, including the U.S., that made this, created this superbug. Is a great book. Uh, the Truth About COVID-19, Exposing the Great Reset, Lockdowns, Vaccine Passports, and the New Normal by uh, Dr. Joseph Mercola and Ronnie Crimmins uh, and a forward by RFK Jr. And I had the good I fortune admire. of meeting uh, Dr. Mercola at um, Mark Morse's event in Miami back in November, and he walks up to me and hands me his book and it says, thanks, Gerald, thanks for the great work you do in telling the truth for so long. And I was also a speaker at Ron Paul's War on Us event back in Labor Day in DC. And RFK Jr. was the speaker right after me. And this is a guy, RFK Jr., yeah. whose father was assassinated and his uncle was assassinated. And as he's walking off the stage, and it's about freedom, he said, I will fight to my death with my boots on. And it's almost breaking up in tears. And that's the fight that we're in. This guy didn't have to do that, RFK Jr. I mean, right. he didn't have to be against all this. And, and what they've done to Mercola, banning him on, on, on social media and YouTube, millions and millions of followers because he won't buy the line that's being shoved down our throats by the drug dealers. Oh, and by the way, another article in the Trends Journal about all of the politicians that are invested in the drug companies. Yeah, shocker. Yeah. So we're going into a new year. Do you have any final thoughts that you would like to impart to our viewers today? Yes. Uh, on, the, on the financial end, I'm, I'm with GSB, gold, silver, and Bitcoin. And um, it's going to crash at one time, and it, it, it's, it's going to happen the markets. And I just want safe haven assets. Bitcoin, to me, is I'm not a pro in that field. I, I know gold and silver very well, but I'm getting into it because where it's going, where I think it's going, and I've been calling it pretty well. Um, on the international level, I'm concerned about war. As I said, when all else fails, they take you to war. Yep. The metaverse is real. As much as I can't stand it, there's great things about it as well. I mean, here we are, we're Zooming together. Right. Who would have thought this, you know, 15 years ago? Right. And going back to education, you're going to start seeing more and more interactive education. I called it interactive you 
when I wrote the book Trends 2000 back in 1996. The education system we have now is invented by the Prussians at the beginning of the industrial age to get people to read, write, do math and follow orders. And now with all the fear going on in schools, and by the way, you saw what happened to Columbia, NYU, one after another. Again, 98% of the students vaccinated and they got cases. And again, the cases are asymptomatic mostly, but anyway, you're going to start seeing schools becoming more and more less affordable for so many. I'm saying that interactive education is going to be an entrepreneur opportunity. Why should you go to a public school and get a teacher that passed a test to teach you how to this, 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 and this, when you could learn and from the best in the field and from what you're good at learning at. So that's going to be a big one. It's metaverse is going to be very big in health as well in a lot of different areas. And the other one too, unionization, you're going to see more and more Mm -hmm. of that because it's a supply shortage, the supply and demand. So you're going to see more, more unionization. And another one is simplicity. Things have become too complicated. You get in a car now, you know, I drive, as you know, 1994 Audi. I don't need these big screens in front of me flashing. I, give me a roll down window. I don't care if the damn thing, I could, I could do that. I don't want if the thing breaks. Now I got all these major problems on trying to get them fixed because of all of the other connections. So I'm saying do things with simplicity and quality is a market for it. So those are some of the things. And here's another one I really... I feel, I don't know. I think the COVID war is going to end by probably the middle of spring because it's destroying so many businesses worldwide. They're not going to tolerate it anymore. We have a lot to look forward to. And I'm sure you're right on, I'm sure you're right on really everything that you're talking about. And it'll be interesting to see spring. Make sure we write that down and put that on the calendar because we'll have to have another conversation. But I really hope you're right about that. I really do. I do too. (laughs) I really do. I mean, it was, yeah. They sucked the joy out of life. They did. They sucked the joy out of life. Really that fear, you're afraid to go anywhere, you're afraid to be with anyone. I I was telling you before we came on air that I was out doing a little shopping and the crowds and the people looked happy. And here in Arizona, it's not as tight as it is in New York. So, you know, they... Some people were wearing masks. Some people weren't wearing masks. I'm sure some people were vaccinated. Other people weren't vaccinated. But there was... There was such a nice camaraderie and just feeling of joy that, you know, just watching people's faces. Ah. And so it was, it really felt good to see that. It really felt good to see that. It did. And it's really good to see you, my friend. And I look forward to, oh, absolutely. And I look forward to seeing you in person. I'm going to try to make it there very soon. I look forward to it. Okay. Thank you so much, Lynette. Thank you for all that you do. God, thank you so much too, Gerald. I love you. I adore you. Absolutely. hundred percent. And so that's it for today. I, I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I did. And you know, it is definitely time to cover your assets. (laughs) And until next we meet, please be safe out there. Bye-bye.